good morning. Welcome to Legacy Church. If you're in the uh, if you're in the foyer and you can hear me, could you make your way in here with your food and drink? Anybody in the foyer, make your way in. Well, good morning. Uh, good to see you guys. As you uh, as you probably noticed, this morning doesn't look like a normal church service. That's by purpose and design. It's not by accident. And um, if you thought you were supposed to bring food, that, that that's not true. So don't don't feel bad if you didn't bring any food. Um, but feel free though, if you want, you need something to drink, you need something to eat. Uh, feel free to go go out and grab you something. There's plenty out there. We try to get something for everyone. But again, this is Legacy Church. Welcome. My name is Chris. Um, I'm one of the uh, church planners and residents, and I oversee our community groups. And this morning, um, what we're going to be doing is discussing kind of our vision and mission and values concerning community and, and mission, and how we do life as a church. So we really want to try to communicate that to you guys. If it is your first time here. Uh, welcome. If you uh, if it is your first time and you, you you have one of these cards around you, this is a connection card for us to get in contact with you. Uh, we try to follow up with these every week. Um, sometimes you have to give us a few grace days. But if you'd like to fill this out, um, you can drop it in the. If you saw those those cool doors that were in the foyer, there's a box on those doors. You can drop that drop that card right in those doors. Also, if you have any gifts. Um, you can fill out one of these envelopes. Make sure you include at least your email at the minimum on these. And you drop those in the same place. Um, as well, if you are a guest, we do have a book and a gift for you. We have a book called Raised, Finding Jesus by Doubting the Resurrection. It's a really great book. Feel free to take one of these. Take two. Um, if you've read it before, you find it as a good resource. You can hand this out uh, to your friends or, or coworkers or somebody you think might need this. Also, if you are a guest and you don't have a Bible, we have... Free copies of ESV out there. Feel free to take one of those. Um, these are a gift to you if it is your first time, or if you know someone that needs a Bible, uh, please feel free to take those. <clears throat> Next to you, you might see you might see a few of these cards around you. Has everybody got these? Feel free to take these as well. These are just some uh, printed materials to communicate um, our values for community, mission, and the gospel, and kind of what we what we believe in the church and, and what we hold hold to be true on those deals. So feel free to take those and, and read over them. Um, like I said at the beginning, this, this morning is not going to look like a normal church service. We are uh, we are going to be discussing as a panel of guys up here uh, that are sitting behind me that are going to kind of discuss some things uh, with us this morning. If you have any questions during the morning, we do have a we do have a question poll where you can text in your question. Basically the way that works is you're going to create a new message to 22333 on your smartphone, and then include 548259 in your question. So 548259 and type out your question. I'll have a computer over here that will run that, and we'll be able to, I'll be able to field your questions at the end. Um, if you don't have a smartphone or you don't want to text that in, when we get to the question time, feel free to raise your hand, and uh, I can call on you, just like we did in school. Is that okay with everybody? All right. Um, also, we will not be worshiping uh, with music this morning. We are worshiping corporately, though, together as we, as we, as we eat and take communion as a body. Uh, we wanted this service to look a lot like a community gathering would be in, in our homes. And so this, this morning was kind of built around that. So yes, we are partaking of food and we're, we're enjoying each other's fellowship and breaking bread together as a family. 
uh, this morning. So if you, like I said, if you haven't got anything and you want something, feel free to grab something um, on your way in, or you can jump up right now. Um, but I want to go ahead and introduce our speakers. This morning we have a few really cool gentlemen up here. We have Kevin Gentry. Kevin is our, uh, Kevin is an elder at church, and he, he's going to discuss this morning community what that looks like. He was really, really huge in, in developing the groundwork and the foundation for what we consider communities on mission today. And so he's going to share his heart and vision on that uh, here in a minute. Also, we have uh, Luke Thomas, the lead pastor here. You guys know him. Some of you may, some of you may not. Um, he's going to be discussing mission and the, and the value of mission that we hold here at, at Legacy. And then we have Wes Garner. He's our, our campus minister in UT. And a lot of you guys know him and, and love him as I do. So he's going to discuss campus outreach and, and what that looks like. And then at the end, I'm going to just talk about how we can get connected, how you guys, if you're not in a community group um, or you're looking for a community group, how you can get connected to a group um, and point out some leaders and what their groups do with, with their outreach in the city today. So I'm going to pray real quick and then we'll get started. Is that okay? All right. Father God, thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that uh, we've come together this morning as a family, to, to worship you, to spend time engaging, God, and just meeting each other, fellowshipping, God, just uh, praising your name in our fellowship and worship. God, I just, I bless, I bless everyone that's here, God, and I just pray that, that, that your spirit would move this morning in hearts and lives as we share a vision and, and connect with each other. God, we love you. Thank you for today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Kevin. He's going to talk for a few minutes and, and uh, go. All right, good morning. Uh, again, I'm Kevin, uh, one of the leaders here, one of the, the elders. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to go back in your memory a little bit. You remember middle school? <laughs> I heard it, yes. A lot of you went to middle school, or maybe if you're old enough, junior high. But you don't want to, I actually went to junior high, so... Uh, but if you, if you think back in, uh, on middle school, you may remember the first day of, of school after after a summer, after a summer break. You've been at home, you've been in the pool, you've been at grandma's house, I don't know, whatever you've done, and now school is starting again and you walk back in the building. Remember the smell. Schools have a smell, don't they? If you don't remember what it is, just take a whiff right now. You smell the freshly painted cinder block walls that all schools are made of. You have the freshly waxed linoleum tile floor that lasts, I don't know, forever. If we had World War III, you'd still have that tile as you lay in there. And, and you walk in and, and, and the desks are clean, you smell the cleaning chemicals, and then the cafeteria is cooking up the batches. School lunch food. So that is wafting down the halls and into your classroom. And you walk into the classroom, and I am a middle school teacher, so I had that experience as well. Now I get to live that for the you know, rest of my life. So. And there I am, I'm standing in my classroom, and my art students file in. There are different kinds of art students. Uh, there are different kinds of students, really, that come in to your classroom. And I've noticed over my years of experience that that they really kind of fall into four categories. You always have these kids. One of them is the kid that comes in, and the first thing they do is pull out their sketchbook 
or a folded up piece of paper that they have the uh, you know the liger drawn on or whatever. You ever saw that movie, right? And they want to show you how good they are, how talented they are. Uh, they uh, they want to be affirmed, and that. that's the first thing they want. They just want affirmation. I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Affirmed. And then you get the kid that comes in. You didn't even hear him come in. You turn. You you, you looked away. You look back. They're over there in the corner. You look at them. They kind of look away. They don't want to be noticed. I was that kid. I didn't want to be noticed. I didn't want the teacher to look at me. So everything I did was designed and engineered so that I got as little attention as possible. You always have those. Then you have the ones that want attention. They come walking in like they own the place. They just sit down where they want. They introduce themselves to everybody. They say everything that comes to their mind out loud. They live out loud, right? Some of you are like that. Anyway, not necessarily. Where's Chris? That's who I was talking about. They live out loud. Then you have those that want attention so bad, they don't care if it's negative attention. They're going to act out. They're going to do whatever it takes to get attention. If it's bad, great. If it's good, fine. They just want attention. They want all eyes on them. They want uh, to be center stage. They want the spotlight on them. You always have these students in your class. So what I want to do as an art teacher is level the playing field. That's what I want to do. I want to level the playing field for these kids. Because they're all vying for something. They're all trying to get something when they come in. They come in with ambition. And they're all different. And I want, basically, to get them all on the same page. You see, because that's really freeing for the kids. Once they realize this is going to be a place where mm, you're not going to think more highly of yourself than you ought, to quote a scripture, you are going to have to work hard. I'm not just going to grade you based on how good of an artist you are. You're going to earn a grade based on your growth. Your growth is going to matter. So wherever you are now, you have to, you have to grow, and I want you to be further along than you were when you started. So the good news in all of that is that there's, there's really nowhere to go but up at that point when you realize that everyone has to grow. There's no, it, and so that means that the kid that can always draw, and I was that kid. Everybody knew that I could draw, I could draw, I could draw. And you know, my grandma had a picture framed on the wall, you know, pictures uh, on the refrigerator in the class. And I was like, he can draw, get him to do that kid is, I, I, I'm not going to show special favor to that, that kid. They, you don't need that affirmation from me, so you, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll stick your picture up on my wall of fame or whatever. Now let's get back to work. And then the, the kid that doesn't know how to draw, has no skill at all, you're on the same playing field as this, as this guy. And once they can kind of get that, then it's very freeing for all of us. In there. And I, I begin to teach them to teach each other. So they're going to be responsible for each other and each other's learning and each other's growth. Now, I, I want to steal a little uh, quote from a, a good book that a lot of us have read. It's called Sacred Marriage. It's, it's a fantastic book about marriage. And, and one of the things the author says 
uh, and, and ask the question is, what if marriage is to make you holy more than it is to make you happy? And man, what a revolutionary question that is the first time you hear it. What if that's, what if that's true? So I want to steal that. I want to take that. I want to apply it to community. Christian community. What if Christian community is to make you holy more than it is to make you happy? And unlike marriage, which is a choice, community is not really a choice. It's really not. Christian community is not really a choice. That we, now, you can choose at whatever level to pour yourself into it. But it's really a biblical mandate. It's really, actually, another way of describing it is it's a natural and proper response to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus Christ, to the good news of God's love for us through his Son. The natural and proper response is going to be community. So I want to read First Peter. We can get that up there. This is a good place to start this. Uh, man, I love this. Uh, thing, uh, in, in, when I'm thinking about community, when I'm thinking about, when I'm the person who, that, I'm the kid that goes into the classroom and goes out to the side and tries not to get it, is, you know, I try to get as little attention as possible. Some of you are, are that person. Some of you are that person. Some of you are the one that wants to be affirmed when you go into community. Let's say you're involved, and you, and, but, but you're involved because you want to be affirmed. You want your gifts and your strengths to be recognized, and that's what you want. Let me read this. Uh, one. one. So put away all malice and, and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Putting away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy is something that can only be done in the context of community. It's, it can only be done around other people. You can't uh, be deceitful. You can, you can deceive yourself. But you can't deceive another person unless you're around another person. You can't envy another person unless you're around them enough to envy them. You can't slander another person unless there's someone else to hear the slander. This context is the context of community that Peter is writing to. So now I want to go on. I'm, I'm going to keep reading Peter, but I want to go on a little bit down to uh, Christian, down to 10. There we go. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, 9. We'll go to 9. <laughs> you got it? All right, good. All right, but you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That you may proclaim, that you, plural, may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Once you were the people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, uh, as we're speaking today, as we're talking, uh, we're going to be talking in the context of community. Uh, it, is a, it is a foundational, uh, biblical uh, a belief that when we are born again, we're actually born into a family. We're actually born into the community. We're immediately surrounded by brothers, sisters, fathers, daughters, mothers, and those of us who uh, call Jesus Christ Lord. Um, and so I want you to, uh, I want you to imagine yourself now, as, we're, as, as the other guys are talking, uh, as one of those four students. Are you, are you the person that's avoiding community? Because you, you're afraid of attention. You're afraid that all eyes will be on you. Are you the person that's looking for community to affirm you? Are you the one that just wants attention and you'll take it anywhere you can get it? And are you the one that, uh, is, that lives out loud? And so this is just another expression of a way to do that. If so, I really want you uh, this morning to hear the gospel that, and so the community becomes the natural and, and really the, the proper response. To the gospel, and that's what we—that's really what we want. So I'm going to turn this over to uh, Luke. Hand it over. Uh, yeah, and by the way, just to repeat, some of you have come in since Kevin has started. This is a very, very different day. Uh, this isn't your typical Sunday morning, and we do want it to feel a little bit more like one of our calm groups, a community on mission. Next week, we start a new series called "Stuff Jesus Never Said." So if you're looking for something a little bit more normal for us, next week would be the week you would come. Um, but as we're talking about calm groups today, and that's kind of the emphasis and the theology behind it for us, uh, Kevin did a good job of talking about the communal aspect to it. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the missional aspect to it. Because I think that's probably the more misunderstood, mishandled, and struggled with aspects of who we are as a church. You come here for any significant amount of time. I know for a fact you've thought this in your mind. Why are they so intent on us having mission in these communities? Why is it so important to them that, that, that all of these community groups have some sort of a mission that touches the city? Why is that a big deal? Why can't we just have normal community groups like other churches? Why can't we do that? I mean, I ask that question sometimes as a pastor. It's hard doing this. Um, but I want to look at a passage in 1 Thessalonians because Paul helps me out greatly here. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Now, Paul is talking to a church. He had a heavy hand in starting, right? He's representing some leaders that have come there. And this is what he says, chapter 2, verse 8. There you go. So be affectionately desirous of you. We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. Because you had become very dear to us. What he's saying is, is we loved you so much that we wanted to share two things with you. One is God's gospel, but the other is our lives. And he wasn't going to neglect one to promote the other. This is what we wanted to model our communities on mission after here, right? 
We want to do this because this is how we see the young church growing. This is the most biblical model that we can conceive of. That as we gather, not just here on Sunday morning, but as we gather in living rooms all over the city, that we don't just gather uh, to learn more. We don't just gather to take care of each other, but we actually gather to share our lives and the gospel with the city as well. Because if you share the gospel without sharing your life, you end up very detached, very distant, very secluded from the people that God has called you to minister to. Because it is a, 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 there's a missional mandate on all of us as Christians. But if you share your life without sharing the gospel, you neglect one for the other, you have something totally different. You might not be detached from people, you might be very close to them, but you're detached from the very message that has changed you and can change them. Now, a few years ago, really three years ago, almost to the month, whenever we started this church, or launched this church, right before that, we started as a con group. There was just a few of us, like four families and Wes, just a handful of us. We could fit on our living room furniture, right? Just a few of us. We had more kids and babies than we did single people back then. And we decided our first mission, because we knew that any group we came that came off of that would look a lot like that. It would be cut from the same dye. We decided we would use the laundromat. The laundromat is still across the street from us, that way. That way, right across the street from us. Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but for years, we've gone over there and we've helped subsidize the laundry for single moms, international students, the homeless, the impoverished. We've gone over there and had coffee with them. We've sat down, we've generated relationships. It's been a very, very, very beautiful mission. Well, where did we come up with that? That came out of a, of, of a community on mission, out of one of our missional communities, our very first one. Back then, things were easy. Things were simple. Community came easy. We're all always hanging out. Mission came easy. Me, me and Wes found that, that everywhere we went, we were on mission to people. We were constantly talking to people. But since we've gone from one con group to several mini con groups, it's more complicated. We hit some challenges, to be totally honest with you. As it turns out, people aren't used to this. <laughs> people aren't used to communities on mission. They're used to communities that stay in the living room. They're used to something very different, what they grew up with. Missional communities are very foreign to people. People want what they grew up with. Totally understand that, too. We grew up being used to a community group meeting on one night of the week with the same people at the same address, and then occasionally a Bible study breaks out. And usually the goal of these meetings is to increase our intellect, is to get smarter about God, all built around the idea that if we know more about God, we will obey God more. So it's all about increasing our knowledge and our Bible IQ. Sometimes, sometimes we would need to care for each other as well. If you were lucky and you were in one of those groups. Now, caring for each other is not bad in and of itself. Increasing knowledge is not bad in and of itself. But it is still it is still incomplete view of what the Bible has in mind when we gather as a people. So when people come in here as guests and they attend a little bit, the challenge is on us to teach and reteach and reteach and reteach and reteach. Why communities that are on mission to a city are vital for that city. It's the fastest way to change the culture of a city. That's our challenge. Convincing you, convincing people that come in the door that mission in the context of community is the fastest way to change Knoxville and it's the fastest way to grow disciples. You see, there's three directions, orientations is a better word for it, three orientations that we have in these communities. One of them is upward. 
upward. So we worship God. We're centered around his word. We anchor around his truth. We look at it. We see where it confronts us. We find that the, the cracks and the fractures and how we see God. Um, we look at where our affections are, are wandering in different directions. That is an upward posture, right? Now, if you go into pretty much any church that has some sort of a living room expression, they will all have an, an upward posture. And if you've been blessed, you've actually been in some groups, some of you growing up, that have had an upward posture and an inward posture. That's a little different. That's where our posture isn't just up in worship and what we receive from God, but it's actually to one another where we can one another each other. We can encourage each other, bless one another. We can admonish. We can challenge. We can cry with, pray with. Some of you have been a part of that. But again, that in and of itself is incomplete without an outward orientation as well. Outward towards the city, which is what balances those three postures and directions. That, that, that actually is more gospel shaped. Because God was not inward towards us, was he? We serve a missional God, a missionary God who didn't seclude himself, didn't detach himself from people, didn't just come with a message that was a blank message. He lived very personally with us. He came outwardly to us. And I know I've used the word mission, missional, a, a couple times, and I know it's kind of a damaged word, it's a reused word, it's kind of a maybe a misused word. It's kind of a gap filler now. It's a little bit of a fad. It might be helpful for me to tell you what we mean when we say missional by telling you what we don't think it is. All right? It's an effective way to learn. One thing mission is not, it is not detached evangelism. Most people, as soon as you say missional, they think evangelism. They're not necessarily the same thing. Right? Evangelism, if you're not sharing your life. See, Paul is all about sharing the gospel. That's what he's telling the Thessalonians. See? We, sh we shared the gospel with you, but he also said we shared our lives as well. That's the healthiest way to do it. I think failure can occur sometimes whenever we assume we know the backstory in someone's life without really knowing it. When we talk to them as if we know what's going on, we've not ever asked them because we're not sharing any life with them. Listen, if you're applying the gospel, let's say sharing the gospel without sharing life, you're in dangerous territory of saying some very true words, some very good words, some very gospel-centered words. You might be just a gospel surgeon, and you know how to put the words together and sound very refreshing, and they might not be hearing very much of what you're saying, right? Why? Because they, maybe they're an orphan. And if you grow up in an orphanage, you see God a little differently than other people. If you've lost a spouse to cancer, you're going to see God possibly a little bit different. If you've grown up on the streets, You've grown up wealthy. It changes. These are, these are things that change the way we see God. And if we assume we know everybody's story and we just preach at them as, as if it doesn't matter, then we're not sharing our lives. We're separating ourselves from them. We're just sharing the gospel. What Paul is saying is we did both. We did both. And I love this because this is what God has done with us. He didn't just come with some trite open, off-the-shelf, generic phrases for us. He didn't just come and belch out a bunch of stuff and then leave. He came and lived among us, didn't he? He shared life with us. He's very thoughtful, very personal, very insightful. Another thing that mission is not, mission is not for us, mission is not putting together super cool, attractional gatherings. It's not. There's nothing wrong with a great gathering. There's nothing wrong with trying as hard as we can to make this excellent, which is what we try to do. We really want to. But we can't trust in this to do the work 
that God has called us to do missionally, right? That would be all built on the whole old idea of if we build something really cool, they will come and see, right? If we put coffee out there, and if we have a lot of strobe lights, and our music is just crazy good, then people will come and see. But the idea behind missions to a city is that you go and live. Not that they will come and see, but you go and live. You go and share your life. That's the idea behind this. We fail here. We fail because we trust that being hit is going to reach the city faster than just being on mission. Okay? I'll be honest. We're never going to make this service cool enough to reach your tattoo hairdresser, your atheist brother, your addicted neighbor. We, we can't make this cool enough to do that. We can't. We have to go and saturate every craft and every crevice of this city, every rhythm, every cycle, every pool of people that live in the city that call it home. We have to go and live and share our lives. That's the mandate that is upon us as a church, even our community, even our missional communities. Proof, 84% of our metro area right now, 80% of your neighbors, they're at home. Right now, sleeping off a ball wind and a seven-layer dip that they went crazy on. They're not here. They're not coming. That's not me speaking some sort of a pessimism. Friends, they are not coming. They're not coming. And if we buy some fog machines, it doesn't change that formula. Because they don't care if we think we're cool. And they don't care if other Christians think that we're cool not going to get them here. If we go out and hire a youth pastor that is really loud and has frosted hair, they're still not coming and bringing their kids. We can't make this cool enough that the city wakes up and the sin and the emptiness and the depression that they have and say, you know what? I'm going to go to church today. After all, they're really cool and hip. I'm going to go check that out. It doesn't happen, friends. They might do it once. They're not going to do it again. We have to go. We have to go to share our lives. Another thing mission is not is it's not supposed to be handed down by the leaders. Hear me carefully on this, okay? Because this is what we grew up with, and I think it's a tad short-sighted. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. This is the way it's probably looked like for you. It's the way it's looked like for me in the past. You go to a church, leaders stand up, and they say, hey, we see God doing this, and it's really exciting for us. So we want it to be exciting for you. God is doing this, and you need to be in the middle of what God is doing. So you can sign up here. Your calendar is over here. Get on mission. But what floats my boat might not float your boat. Agreed? Agreed, don't we have different burdens? Different things that excite us? I mean, I love the laundromat. It's just not boring to me yet, right? It might not be for some of you. You might not have a burden for that demographic of people, that neighborhood. For some of you, it's international. For some of you, it's, it's orphans. I mean, it's different things. We all have different burdens. We want our calm groups to engage the city, love and serve the city based on the burden that God has given them. Because whenever you've seen that happen, then you've got a group of believers that are taking ownership of something because they're just super, super excited about it. They take leaders, you see leadership come out of crazy places. People that you would have never expected would rise up. You see creativity, some incredible things have been thought of you would have never thought of. It's beautiful. They're not having to wait on the leadership. They're, they're, they're way out with their own leadership, with the creativity, something that's very beautiful. Otherwise, you end up with a franchise. Not excited about a franchise. 
Not excited about all the groups and you're doing what we tell you to do. You read this book at this time. You meet on this night of the week. This is how it is. Show up. This is what we're excited about. This is what you need to be excited about. But I, I do believe that whenever you get excited yourself about what God is doing in your midst, you will take a totally different ownership about it and become the church. So, just as a quick refresh, a calm group for us is not primarily a Bible study. It is not primarily a Bible study, even though we study the Bible. It's not primarily a weekly event, even though we'll meet during the week. It's not primarily a support group, even though we'll care for and support each other. It's not primarily a social activist group, even though we will be active in the city. Jeff Vanderstelt from the Soma Network, he actually defines it very well in one sentence. And he calls a missional community this, and I totally agree with him. He says, a community that's missional to the city is a committed core of believers who live out the mission of God together, together, in a specific area or to a particular people group by demonstrating the gospel in tangible forms and declaring the gospel to others, both those who believe it and those who are being exposed to it. I agree. And so does the leadership. And because we have resolved to live this way here, we have challenges. It's, straight up. it's not very traditional. It's not traditional. It's going to be difficult for many of you. It might be difficult for you to move from the ideology of Sunday morning into a smattering of weekly meetings that I might or might not go to, all the way to I am in a community that is serious about mission to the city. That takes a shift. It might be difficult for you to learn how to love and be patient with those who are far from Christ as you share life with them. That's what we're called to do. I think one of the biggest reasons that this is difficult for us as a church is because it's requiring so many people who walk in off the streets to alter their preferences. I'll be honest with you and let you in behind the curtain a little bit. These comp groups, it's the number one reason people leave this church. It's not the teaching or the music or the high school. It's the comp groups. It's because we are insistent on doing it. It's because we're dedicated to doing it. People are not used to it. They're not used to it because it's not what they grew up with. It's not what they're comfortable with. And we're cool with that. We're cool with that. We help people like that find other churches. They're not the enemy. It's just we're not going there. In fact, I think probably some of you feel a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit estranged because you might be looking for a traditional format. And you're probably starting to realize that we're not going to be it. We're not going to be that traditional. So we lose many people who just want Bible studies to get smarter. That's what they're looking for. Give me a Bethmore study. Give me something from a Christian bookstore that we can all share and travel through at the same time. I want to get smarter about God. But our goal is not to boost our Bible IQ and cannibalize mission in the process. And our goal is not to learn as much about the Bible over obeying the Bible. Right? Not our goal. I promise you this. You will look more and more like Jesus. You will grow as a disciple more and more, and even faster than you have before, if you are in a community that is on a mission to the city. As Kevin already said, you don't just slam into others in your own community. You slam into the city. You slam into some very hurting, lost, distant, scandalous, 
vandals. I mean, you run into people that are that you think, man, I would never spend time with this person, but yet I'm not just sharing the gospel. I'm sharing my life. But you've never grown that fast. You will grow fast when you do something like that. You want to grow into a radical disciple. Being on mission is not it's just not an option for you. Sorry. That's why we've resolved to do things this way. Because it's insufficient for us as a church to share the gospel and check out. But to share the gospel and share our lives at the same time, the way we see Paul doing here. Does that make sense? So text in your questions. Good morning. I'm Wes. I'm kind of a college guy here at Legacy. I want to tell you a quick story, a little kind of testimony from me. I was reached on the college campus, right there on UT, actually. Um, there's a guy named Brooks, Brooks Harwood, and <clears throat> he met me at a time when um, I, I could definitely, I would probably say I was a Christian, I definitely went to church and things like that, um, had good knowledge, um, but I was living like a total two things. Total faith. And Brooks, Brooks Harwood one day, um, this was five or six years ago, by the way, um, it was the morning after uh, just like a typical college night, you know, we were out partying the night before. And he just saw me, and he said, hey, bro, let's get some lunch. And uh, we went and got lunch. I knew he was a Christian, but I knew he was a genuine man. I knew he wasn't going to you know, get all weird on me. Uh, <laughs> you guys know that, that guy, right? I can be that guy if I'm not careful, but um, he invited me to have lunch, and uh, we were just talking, hanging out, talking sports, we both like football, and I don't remember if it was that lunch or a couple lunches later, uh, but he said, <laughs> one time he was like, man, so are you, are you a Christian or what? And, and, I, and I told him, yeah, you know, I think my response was, yeah, you know, like, I go to church, you know what I mean? And man, Brooks with a smile, kind of like Pastor Luke, to be honest, he's actually a lot like Pastor Luke. Uh, he said, bro, like, that, that, that doesn't cut it, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean you're a Christian. And then he actually said these words to me. He actually said, I think you're a fake, man. And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, I, actually, in my mind, I was like, how dare you? You can't say that to me. But, but what I've learned is, uh, and maybe this could be a warning to some of you, like, if... If you're aware of other people's hypocrisy, uh, but you're not aware of your own, you're in a very dangerous spot. Uh, because the, the condition to being a Christian friend, the one condition, is that you have to be able to go, I am a total mess. I'm a sinner, I'm evil, I'm a fake, I'm hypocritical, and I can't save myself. I need, I need someone else to cover me. And someone else. And of course that person is Jesus. All right, so that's just a, a personal testimony Brooks got me on the right track. And that's really what we're about in the college ministry. Uh, we want to be doing normal, everyday lives together uh, with missional intentionality, inviting people into our lives, getting to know them, sharing our lives. We do that on the college campus. I kind of want to make this clear, though. Um, you don't have to be a college student to get involved in college ministry, because that makes sense. Um, to be honest, we would love to have um, um, older, wiser couples and maybe Maybe people and families help out. Uh, but that's the whole thing. That's our mission, right? You know, we've talked about how different groups have different missions. That's our mission. It, it's UT. So naturally, we have a lot of college students. Um, 
But UT, um, we exist for UT. Uh, we exist for the 74 to 92%, depending on what stats you're looking at, uh, the 74 to 92% students who do not know Jesus. Um, they're naked before our almighty, wonderful God. They might be noticing other people's nakedness, but they don't see their own. And we exist to humbly and boldly reach out to them in normal, everyday life uh, with the gospel. And we do this in the context of the local church. And I can't tell you guys how important this is. Um, part of what we do, we exist to brew in college students a lifelong love for the gospel and local churches that are on mission. Because we know we know a lot of these students, we're not going to have them for too long. And we want to be able to, to expose them, to model for them uh, what the gospel looks like in action, in community, on mission. So I just want to do this real quick. Um, we, make a, we make a clear distinction between dead religion and what we call living gospel, true gospel. Okay? How many of you, you're used to, maybe you are that guy right now, you're used to dead religion. You know, I'm a pretty good person, so God and I are cool. Right? You know that whole mindset. It's not just a Christian, a Christian thing. A lot of religions operate off that principle. I'm a pretty good person. I go to church, pray some, uh, so God and I are cool. But the gospel says, it's the opposite. The gospel says, you and God aren't cool. You need to be covered by the blood of the Lamb. Right? Do you see it? See the difference? We always talk about this. I think sometimes I'm afraid I like wear the leaders out talking about <laughs> the difference. Uh, but religion says, um, dead religion, excuse me, dead religion says, um, I really only go to church, go to Bible studies, tithe. I really only do that so that I can get stuff from God. You know, I, I get the easy life. I get the American dream. Maybe I'll get my boyfriend. Maybe I'll get my wife. I'm just obeying God to get things from God, right? That's what, dead, that's what it operates off of. I don't really love God. I just want stuff from God. Uh, but we say the gospel is no. I look at the crucified Jesus, the slaughtered Jesus for me on that cross. I see him, and I actually love him. I love him. I want to obey him. I want to do things his way. So we're always talking about that, okay? Dead religion and true gospel. The gospel is for the weak. It's for the broken. It's for the hurting. It's for the depressed. Religion is... For fools. And, you know, I, I think we all struggle with that, though. Kind of that dead religious side of us. The only other thing I want to bring up, you guys, if you want to get involved in the college ministry, and we really do exist for those who don't know Jesus. We're a community on mission. We're outward facing. Does that make sense? We're outward. Uh, we exist for the typical student who's skeptical. They're hurting. They're burnt. Uh, they're just floating through life. We exist to reach out to them. Um, authentically. Uh, but more than that, you guys, uh, we exist not just to, you know, get them in the door, you know, convert them or whatever. Uh, we we want to invite them into our lives, invite them into the local church. Right? The local church from the beginning of time, from eternity past, the God who made you, the God who loves you, the God who's sustaining your brain right now, he designed for you to grow, to flourish in the context of a local church. And we're trying to brew that in college students. Local churches like Legacy and other great churches in Knoxville. Just think of Fellowship, Redeemer, think of several others, Cornerstone. The local church protects college students from their hypocrisy. 
local church empowers them to do your own work. Each of you come in two phases. It empowers you. It emboldens you. We love the local church. It's the tip of Jesus' spear to grow his people and to reach the world. So we always, we're always doing that for college students. But other than that, you guys, I just want to make myself and uh, the leaders I, I lead accessible. If you're interested, we want to help you connect. We want to know you, serve you, see where you need help, see where you need encouragement. Um, we kind of have a God-sized mission, and we want lots and lots of these columns to use you campus as a skeptical crowd. And that's really all I have. Um, just kind of one verse sort of, sort of summarizes what we do. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's the only verse I have. We really do believe if you, by faith, see Jesus on that cross, bearing the wrath of God for you in your place, so that you can be beautiful in His sight, if you see that, you will be changed, and so will your friends. That's all I have. Thanks, Wes. I'm going to talk uh, just briefly just about community and our current communities and, and what they look like, how to get plugged into those. But I want to share a really funny story real quick. Is that okay? I hope it's funny. But Luke talked about the laundromat, right? So me and Luke right now, or Luke and I, sorry. Luke and I were at the laundromat Friday, right? Luke, we're hanging out up there, doing mission, right, doing life. And the laundromat's unique. They have some really cool people up there, and obviously laundry, you know, machines, washer and dryers and such, but they also have a pool table and video games, right? And so they don't get used that much, but there's this one machine that's full of quarters. Have you ever seen these machines? Is he shaking his head right now? He's shaking his head. There's a, there's a machine full of quarters, right? It's where you put in the quarter at the top, and there's a wheel turning, the, the quarter falls down, and then it like drops at a certain place, and then there's this lever pushing the quarters back and forth. And when it falls a certain spot, it like pushes the quarters forward, and then they fall off in the machine, right? And you get to win these quarters, okay? So, so every week, this is, a, this is a thing I watch people do, and, and I'm guilty of participating myself, because I think I can win these quarters. Well, well our, our pastor, Luke, decided Friday he was gonna give it a shot, and uh, he was really, really focused on this ledge, and these quarters were fixing to fall off. He was like, I can do it, I can do it, I know I can, I can do it. I wish your wife was in here right now. So, so Luke, Luke was trying his best to get these quarters to fall. He's just getting agitated because they won't. So he drops another quarter in, and sure enough, they fall, right? I don't remember how many, five or six fall. But they don't come out the little trap door at the bottom. They're stuck up in the machine. <laughs> so this just increases the rage. I'm using rage because that's what it was. It was rage. <laughs> and there's a sign clearly printed on the machine about this big that says, do not bang, hit, tap, kick, punch, what else? The machine. Our pastor <laughs> proceeds to fish his hand with, like this, and with this hand, bang on the side of the machine till the alarm goes off. Then he runs away. He did. Did you? Did that, that, yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of embellishment there, but that's how it went. I'm serious. It was awesome. But that, that's what mission looks like. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm watching my pastor trying to rip this machine off. 
And I'm trying to preach the gospel to this lady doing her socks over here. You know? so, anyway, just wanted to share that. Let you guys know, just to argue a little bit. This shit looks different for everybody, right? Um, that, that, that's our Friday mornings, 9 to 11 over there. And, and that mission is open to anybody that wants to come. If you guys are off work and you want to come and just hang out with some really cool people, you can do that over there. Um, we get to talk to a lot of different places, spaces, as he said, just people in different stages of life. But um, communities right now that, that are made up, we, we have what Wes talked about, we have our campus campus communities. Um, and those, those communities you, you can visit with him about to get more information. But I want to talk about just our our, our, our other side are communities on mission that are, that are meeting that, that I oversee and what they look like. And we have a, a few of them meeting all over the city. Um, I'm going to point out some leaders here in a minute, but you, you guys just need to know that you're, don't feel obligated to attend just one. If you guys are looking for a home uh, and, and a place to get plugged into, you guys are more than welcome to try as many of these out as you want. We'd actually encourage you to do that, um, to find to find a group of people that, that you feel you can do life with. But um, the first one I want to talk about is, is they're, they're, they're kind of two identical. They do, they do somewhat the same, but they're, it's, our, it's our worship team. And, and they lead two, two communities. One of those leaders is, is uh, Chase, Chase and Charlie Flogg. I'm looking for those guys right there. Chase is, is right there. And then Jeff Rowland and Matt Norman lead another, another mission, part of, that, part of that worship team. And Jeff is right back over there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those guys meet uh, every other week, and um, they meet in two different locations. I believe one one Chase's group meets in West Knoxville, and Jeff's. Are you guys meeting in Matt's house? Okay. So so West Knoxville, both Cedar Bluff area, Gallagher. <laughs> Was that you, Steve? <laughs> okay. Excuse me. Yeah. So those guys, and their, their mission. Their mission, or their, their community, I'm sorry, is made up primarily, primarily of musicians, right? It is the worship team, but they're not they're not closing the door to that. Anybody is welcome. You don't have to play an instrument or sing, carry a tune to be a part of that that community. Those guys, those guys would love to have you, love to have you visit, check them out. Um, their mission looks a little bit different. It is unique. Their mission is to reach the people of legacy and lead them in worship. So what, that's not only just up here leading, that's also out in the congregation leading, at the meeting and greeting and shaking hands and just loving on new people. So if you'd like to visit with them here at the end, we've, we've built in some time that we can, we can meet and mingle with each other. So Chase, Chase and Charlie are right there. Jeff, Jeff is back there and love to visit with you. Um, the next, next community is, is Dave and Amy Holler. They're sitting right here down front. Um, David, David Holler, sorry. Um, they meet every other week as well. They meet in West Knoxville, actually right next door to Chase and Charlie Falk. So you could maybe, you know, they're meeting on Thursday, maybe you could go by and see them right after or something. But <laughs> they, uh, they meet in West Knoxville, uh, great, great community on mission. Um, they, they, they meet every other week, like I said, and then the guys, I think they kind of break up. The, the guys meet on an off week and the, the ladies meet on another off week. So if you'd love to, You'd love to visit with them. They're, they're sitting right here. He'd love to talk to you. I know Brian Rowe also helps out. Lead that. He's in the back. If you, if you see him and want to grab him too, if Dave and Amy are busy. Um, myself and, and my wife, Brandy, uh, we co-lead a group with Sean and Jennifer Jameson sitting right over here. So you can, you can grab Sean if you need to. But uh, we, we meet at Sean's house in, that's off of Ebenezer, right? Is that still West Knoxville? I'm still getting familiar. For those that don't know, I just moved here like four months ago. So. Um, but, but our mission is, uh, is to um, 
is to foster children that are aging out of the system, um, mainly mainly teenage girls that are aging out of the system, um, and we, we try to provide them with, right now, we're, we're providing them with backpacks uh, filled, with, filled with things that they might need going out into the workforce, and we're looking to do some classes and teaching those young ladies how to possibly interview for jobs, um, what to wear to interviews, um, and do things, do things like that. I think the guys are going to try to put on a class showing them just basic car maintenance and, and working on vehicles, jump-starting cars and such. Um, so really that's, that's the, the last one. I almost forgot. It's Garrett and me sitting right back there by Jeff Rowland. Um, and they meet in, where do you guys meet at? I'm sorry. North Knoxville. Um, and they, their mission is, is to, see, they've adopted a single mom. They work with an organization here locally that has, has, has ties that helps out single moms. And part of that is single moms, they, they, they come alongside those single moms to, to help them, not, not necessarily financially, but just help them in general. Uh, the kids need, kids need tutoring or, or she needs her house, house roofed or car worked on. I mean, they just, they come alongside and partner with a, with a single mom and help her out in that way. So you can talk to, to Garrett, me, or um, Luke as well, if you like, or I don't know if Trevor's here. Is Trevor here? Oh, it's Trevor right there. So Trevor's back there. He helps lead that group as well. So they're right back there in that corner. But um, what I'd like to do is just pre prepare you guys. We, like I said, we're not going to worship or or musically with a, with a band, but we are going to just worship together here at the end by just fellowshipping. I, I, I'd ask you and kind of beg you, don't run off, don't leave, um, hang out. Talk to some people. If you don't know somebody, you, this is your opportunity. If you haven't had a chance to connect with somebody, this is your opportunity to connect with that person. Um, there's, there's food out in the foyer. Please help yourself. Uh, it's coffee and water and, and any food that's left over. You guys feel free to hang out and mingle. We, we've built this time. We're not, we're not necessarily getting out early, but we are cutting this portion of it short so that you guys have a chance to connect. Um, if you'd like to know more about campus ministry as well, like I said, just make sure you talk to Wes. But... Um, yeah, questions? Do we have any questions? No, no questions were texted in except that they saved the best for last, which is me. That was, a, that was like a statement, though. I don't know if that was a question. Yeah, Do you hear Is there any questions? Anybody want to? You can raise your hand. I can go out and meet you if you have a question. Nothing. Oh. Fixing to talk about that. Yeah. Can we do this real quick? Uh, I know we're wanting to avoid this a little bit, but as we mix around, the idea is to build time in just for you, that you can meet some of the people that are leading or co-leading these missional communities. Um, but you might not know who they are, but can you stand up? Can we get the haulers to stand up? And then the meets, Jeff, could you stand up? Brian, bro, could you stand up for me? And then the Jamesons, can you stand up? Who am I missing? You're missing Clark. Plugs, thank you very much. Can y'all stand up? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so guys, I mean, as he, list, as he listed those out, one of those might have popped off the page for you, or you at least just want to talk to them. And you see, these are the people that you're going to want to talk to. And uh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, real quick, just, uh, yeah, I'm going to sit down. Sorry. Um, I got out of, out of order real quick. Christian, if you could throw up the partnership class. We have a partnership class coming up on the 21st. Just want to announce, if, you, if you're looking to become a partner with Legacy, um, or have thought about it, this is your chance. Uh, this is where you, you can really, really find out um, about legacy, our DNA, vision, mission, and values. This is what begins a six-week, right, six-week class. It begins on the 21st, um, and it begins at 9 a.m. So you want to get here early for that. Uh, if you're interested in taking it, we'd ask that you RSVP on the website. You can register on the website, or you can just email info at legacyknoxville.com, 
and, and do that. Just let us know how many people are attending, whether if you're attending as a couple or if you're single or um, if you need childcare or not that morning, that would be great. Um, one thing we haven't been announced, it's kind of been out and, and available to you for about the past, what, three weeks, is a uh, brand new website. Can we get like an amen or hallelujah or something on that? Thanks. Get a little, a little. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So this is it. I got a couple screenshots of it. I just want to kind of walk you through it and just show you. Um, we, we we try to make it as simple as possible. Um, we, we do have we do have a few cool features, one of which is a calendar now with, with things that are happening and events that are happening at the church. Um, provides you with a list of gatherings that are happening every week. Um, there's the laundromat outreach, obviously the Sunday morning gathering. And this, this would be where we communicate event listings. This is what the calendar, the actual full month calendar looks like. Um, and once you click on those events, it brings up details, registration, uh, just like a normal website. You guys are probably really talented at navigating websites. Also, we have a we have a blog as well that we released. Not nothing new. We didn't invent the, reinvent the wheel or anything, but uh, we are pretty excited about that. The elders are going to be able to communicate on that, as well as our redemption ministry. Matt wrote some great posts on there about the redemption ministry, so I encourage you to check that out. Also, our new sermon page. Um, this is my favorite part of it because it's not the just random long list of sermons. It's actually like you know broken up, and you can search and filter those by category. There's also a communities on group page as well that we're currently it's, it's a little bit under construction right now all this all this up there is a list of these communities that i just discussed here but we're building a uh, a module that'll make it easy to search by location and such about that so if you if you're looking for a group this is the place to go um, you can go to this website it's got all the information also you can you can email me chris at legacyknoxville.com and i can provide you with with any of that information but no other questions or is, is there any last minute questions if not we're going to we're gonna pray and then we're gonna we're gonna party. So good. All right. You guys got anything else? Thanks. That's good. I like to pray. Y'all ready to pray? We have a lot to be thankful for. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us and your sweetness.